And then when they're chasing him through the city, they have they're like running through the city, it's being like, chased on fire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like running on some boats. We knocked this guy over, but we're still running on the boats. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon. And I finally watched, but not really, Bloodsport. So, in our continuing efforts to skirt the rules of the podcast that we made, um, when you and I like became friends, we started watching movies together. And this was 2017, right? So like a couple years yep. before we started the podcast. I showed you the movie Bloodsport and you showed me along with Taylor wanting me to see and uh, and my wife the movie Everybody Wants Some. And just talking about it recently we're like it's just kind of silly because it's still like that we can't do those because it still kind of meets the like what we're trying to do with the pod which is like the difference between seeing something when it came out and seeing something years later and like how that affects your viewing and watching it at home versus seeing it in a theater and all that. And really just, it's all just a way to just talk about movies. We like, we really love. And so I was like, fuck it, let's do Bloodsport. And then the following week is going to be everybody wants some. And, um, watching it this time, like, I love this movie. Um, like it's not even a guilty pleasure. It's, it's actually, I, it's just a pleasure. I should. (laughs) I mean, I am pantsless while I watch it, but I'm, I should have asked you this before we started because I I think it's probably a hard prompt to figure out without like looking into it. But this movie is like, to me, it's such an actually good movie with maybe some of the worst acting. Right. Like ever like the, you know, there's like some really cool, like cinematography and shots. There's like the fight choreography is really good. Um, are you being defensive of this before I even start? No, no, I'm not being defensive. It was actually just the thought I had that it was like, it, just from the opening where they kind of set the location of this, I was like, this is a really good movie. And then in it, though, you just have like some awful acting. Yeah, it's like the room level acting. Um, it's not that bad. <laughs> um, well, the the thing is, though, is like, I remember first watching this with you and your wife and my wife and just being incredibly bored and thinking like, Oh God, these are, these are my friends now, I guess with the, this horrible movie taste. Um, and I remember thinking about this the first time I watched it and then watching it now, I have to say there's some parts that are worse than I remember and then there's some parts that I'm like, there's a good movie in here somewhere. And and what's funny about that is like, and I know you're not a huge fan, definitely not as big of a fan as I am, or at least I was with anime, especially like 90s anime. But this movie always reminds me of Dragon Ball. Um, and it's like the, how do I say this? It's like, the Kumite, right? The the deathmatch fighting. Um, what would you call that kind of um, how they not? Yeah, I guess you would say how they rank it like a bracket. It's a bracket fight. It's a tournament. But it but it's like it's a process of elimination through like a bracket system. Right. That's what a, that's what a tournament is. Thank you. OK, um, so the way they do it and the way that the anime um, the way Dragon Ball does. I'm talking about Dragon Ball, like the original, not not Dragon Ball Z, where they bring in a bunch of aliens. I'm talking about like the original one. The way they do it is so similar. And then, of course, there's that Dragon Ball Evolution movie. If that Dragon Ball Evolution movie actually took more like this movie, if it was more blood sport, it would have been a pretty decent movie in the way they represent the fighting. And then especially like the the people who fight the competitors because you don't have, and I think um, 
this movie always reminds me of the movie we did years ago, Enter the Dragon, where it felt like everyone was the same. Like it was really hard to kind of tell the many competitors apart. But one thing I think this movie does really well is you have our main character played by um, John Claude Van Damme. And he's this kind of like uh, well-built Caucasian, not too tall, not too short buff guy. But then you have like, last year's winner which is like this massively buff asian dude then you have his friend who is this like super tall like white um kind of like um for a second for a second i thought you were gonna say that chung lee's friend was the other really huge asian guy there's a lot and they're not even the same like no no (laughs) i was gonna say the huge um, american dude the huge american dude Jackson, who's this very like, um, oh, there's a character in Dragon Ball that reminds me exactly of Jackson. But basically, and then you have like the other competitors from around the world with different fighting styles. Like you have the Middle Eastern guy, and then you have like the the Indian guys, and then you have so you have this like huge range of the competitors looking so different from one another, and then they each have their own like very different fighting techniques. And it's represented really well throughout the movie. And I think the the way this this movie, like the biggest issues I have with this movie, apart from the acting, like you mentioned, is like the actual plot, because like the actual fight, like whenever it's focused on the actual competition tournament, it's really good. And then everything out there, like the romance is not that great. And then his motivation and there's cops chasing after him. I'm like, eliminate all that. I want just more of the fight. Um, and another part I'll mention, and and this part, the acting is horrible, but story-wise it's really good is his training is how he learned how he got his sensei in the beginning. I actually really enjoy that too, but his, I'm his just going to say his Shidoshi his, Shidoshi. Yeah. But I will say the part that I enjoyed the most this time was definitely the actual tournament. Yeah. I mean, I remember when we watched this the first time that you and Taylor were like, no, that was actually a good movie. So I feel like it's a little bit of revisionist history on your part. But, you know, I mean, there are obvious flaws in this movie. And it also is like, I think you heard what you wanted to hear. Uh, I mean, I what happened is we were doing bad movies and I was like, I don't want to do a bad movie. So I did Bloodsport because I knew you guys would think it was bad and I love blood sport. And then afterwards I was like, so, and Taylor was like, no, it's actually good. Oh, Taylor said it was actually, and you were like, you were like, yeah, yeah, it was good. You're like, you know, horrible acting. Da, da, da. You had obviously there's problem, but like this movie is also, so this movie came out in 1988 and I've like gone on record several times about, I mean, I don't know that the acting is much worse than a lot of movies like in the eighties. Cause I just think there is like a lot of terrible acting, that decade, especially late eighties. That's true. And it's not like you're, you're expecting a Oscar worthy performance by John Claude Van Damme. He's not even the worst in it though. right? He's not even the worst of it, dude. We were talking about this earlier, but there's these two kid actors in this fucking movie that, I mean, I don't know where they found these guys. They were like, Oh, here's a kid that who kind of looks like a young John Claude Van Van Damme. And he has a kind of a French accent. He's, He's the only kid of that fits that criteria. Therefore, he is now cast. Uh, his name is Pierre, and he has one acting credit in his Bloodsport. So, yeah, I don't think things took off for him after this. Um, but honestly, like, even if people were like for the rest of my life were like, I'm a shitty actor, I'd be like, well, I was in Bloodsport, though, you know. So, um, it, I, let's. I guess we can just kind of can get into it um you know i talked about how like the the movie opens up with this like really cool cinematography just sort of like you don't even realize it but it's setting the place of the tournament right like in the walled city oh yeah going through and then you see the guy standing at the door and what i realized is like this was actually one of the few films ever filmed in like the walled city like it's a real place and they were able to film in there to get part of this movie I would imagine mostly like the hallway shots when he's walking to the Kumite. Um, yeah. 
and like you're you're talking specifically when from their hotel they're being escorted and it's like they're they're passing the yakuza and like that part about it uh like, yeah like get, when they're walking through the alleyways and stuff well i think yakuza is japanese i don't know what these guys would be i'm pretty sure they said yakuza like i'm i am 90 percent sure i heard the words but isn't yakuza japanese though they are but isn't there a thing where it's like okay maybe they said they were like um triads triads is it triads yeah i think triads i think they said triads which also or like think, a representation of the Yakuza? I don't know. Which also, well, no, the Triads, they were also in Rush Hour. So Triads is legit. Okay. Oh, yeah. If it's in Rush Hour, it's definitely legit. Yeah. Well, I mean, two movies, right? So, yeah, maybe we got to bone up on our Triad knowledge. Um, but I also like, I love the beginning of this when you have the montage of all the fighters. And um, I think this is something I, I realized, but like when it's actually written down, it's kind of funny that there are four fighters that talk in this movie and Chung Lee says three, maybe four sentences. I assumed he either could not speak English. And so they had to dub him over, but it looked bad. So they were just like, let's try to give him as least lines as possible. Or he is also a horrible actor. Well, he was also in enter the dragon, right? Remember? Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. He has the biggest, like as a kid, I was like, that chest doesn't even make sense on him. No, it doesn't. Like, it's just like, it's the most massive thing. I just, I've ever, you know, obviously there's bodybuilders, but like that thing. Just... There's this, there's this kind of this meme of like um, Captain America. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's like the, it's like the impossible male body standards. And it's like this drawing of Captain America. He has this like chest as big as a Volkswagen. And then the rest of his body is so out of proportion. Right. Um, that's Chung Lee. That's like that's like the real life version of that Captain America drawing. For sure. For sure. Uh, and then we get to maybe Miley's you know, favorite part of the movie. Well, I actually like when he escapes the military. And you said like you were like, oh, that part doesn't really make any sense. But um, let, let's get into a little bit of this now. So this movie, when it came out and it says that at the end, is based on a true story um, yes. that reporters have subsequently dug into and found like no evidence to corroborate. The The real-life Frank Dukes is the only person who's ever like publicly spoken about the Kumite. Um, and he also spoke, I think he might have a memoir where he kind of talked about his military career and that he did missions for the CIA. Right. Just basically making him this like, jason Bourne figure that like we send to go do work in like the rest of the world um and so knowing that kind of background of what he told the producers when this movie was made um you know he's gonna go do the kumite his commander gets kind of wind of that and is like hey come in and speak to me and so he sends a guy to go get john claude van damme Van Dam is like, all right, well, I need to shower first. And the guy's like, all right, well, I have to stay with you. And uh, he's like, sure, okay. And then he escapes. And then for some reason, they have like ADR dub over his commander because apparently his commander, who looks just fucking white, like couldn't speak English or like, I don't know what that was. It was so hard to determine who was dubbed and then what was the like the recording sound process of that era. I was just like, is this guy being dubbed by someone else or is he being dubbed by his own voice? And this is just the way they had to get sound because it was like it was the budget for this was like one point two million. So it's not it wasn't very like a they did a lot. I will say for one point two million budget, they did a lot for what they had. And the set pieces and set design was really cool. They made a ton of money. They made like 50 million dollars from this movie. So they made like 50 times as much as they spent. So it's like you can't really say this movie was like a flop. But um, but but yeah, so I mean, it did it did. Trip me out on like who exactly whose voice was behind each person. 
know what's interesting? So this movie was directed by a guy named Newt Arnold who passed away in 2000. Um, he was like 88 at the time he passed. He directed three movies. He did a lot of second unit assistant directing. Um, he was an actor in The Godfather Part 2, I think, what I just saw. But he directed Hands of a Stranger, Bloodthirst. So Hands of a Stranger was in 62, Bloodthirst 71, and then Blood Sport in 1988. And as you just said, for its budget, made a ton of money. And then like in DVD sales afterwards, has made a ton. Yeah. And like, I guess maybe he was just older at the time because well, he was in his 70s, but like didn't get, first of all, it's just a 70 year old directing like one of the greatest fight movies. Okay. Okay. I mean, the greatest fight, fight movie. I said one of, and yeah. Okay. I'll stand by that. All right. Like fighting competition movies. First of all, there's not that many. No, there's not. No, I mean, it, it's just, yeah. I've already I already said the good thing I wanted to say about it. But the the thing about this too you have to remember is that a director's job is the whole thing, but that's not really how audience looks at a director's job. Right? Cuz cuz we're thinking I guess what I'm saying is like a director is in charge of the whole movie. A cinematographer is in charge of mainly how the movie looks. Sound design is how the, you know, movie sounds. But when we think of a director, we think of the actors and how they directly correlate with like the rest of the movie. If the acting wasn't good in this movie and maybe not good in his other movies, maybe it was just like. Maybe his representation of, of being a director wasn't all that good in that industry at the time. I, well, I don't know. He used a lot of random words together at the end of that, but. If you make, you know, it's kind of like if you're the coach of a team that wins a championship, you know what I mean? Like if you keep, if you keep winning, you get to keep doing it. If you make 45 million off a $1 million budget, you usually keep getting to cook after that. So that's, that's kind of my point. You could also say that maybe he suffered from, because of a lot of the claims of the real Frank Dukes made were disputed after the release of this film, right? And so you could make the point where like if he found this story and he found Frank Dukes to make this movie with him, then his his like his reputation could have been tarnished because of how fake and not based on real life it is. Yeah, maybe. It could have um, been factors. I guess. Yeah, it just to me it doesn't make any I, that that story came out, I think later on but um you know either way uh we next get to kind of i was you know the the worst acting in the movie is when he goes to his sensei's house and we get the flashback and um there's like this awkward hug with his wife who like (laughs) mrs tanaka like barely talks and just smiles a lot um and then we get jean-claude van damme staring off at this katana sword and we get the flashback. And I always was like, this kid walks in wearing a New York Giants jersey and a San Francisco Giants hat. Uh-huh. And the San Francisco Giants in the 50s were, I think they also played in New York, right? So it's not that it doesn't make sense. You just think that someone would thought, okay. Giants, giants, giants is giants, <laughs> and we'll just buy everything that has the word giants I mean, maybe, on it. Maybe the real Frank was like, "No, dude, these were my fucking teams, and I followed the San Francisco Giants when they left." And like, may I mean, maybe, but I just like every time I see it, I was like, "What was the thought process of this of just having?" That? I mean, maybe because the kid's a fucking loser, you're like, "Let's just like really go into it that he just this is what he bought." I um, do want to mention at this point since. um we all know Jean-Claude Van Damme is a Belgium uh, actor and he has a French, you know, uh, Belgium accent. This movie does its absolute hardest in convincing us that he is an all American boy. Yeah. Except for the, the kid they got to play him. Sounds like he's got like, 
he's European trying to do like an American thing. But but he even has like the French accent, right? Even if he's like Canadian French or wherever they found him, he he has this like it's like this. It's like the the kid who plays him is like but they didn't even give you like an immigrant story of his backstory. It's not like, oh, he was born in like the character was born in Belgium, but then he moved to the US. So that's why he has this accent. And then Jean-Claude Van Damme still has an accent, but he's older. And you I guess you assume he's lived in America his whole life. So he has a little bit less of an accent, but they never really give you that much of a backstory. Well, one, I don't know, Frank Dukes, if he's european and moved over here i didn't read the memoir but i think also you have to work with what you got which is a guy who <laughs> kind of sounds like he's got a belgium french accent um so that's like what you got to work with and with john claude van damme um we next uh in the flashback we uh get tanaka's son beating the shit out of young john claude van damme and telling him why don't you quit round eye which always makes me laugh um, and then that kid gets his ass beat at school by these two kids that don't seem to know martial arts. They're just bigger than him. And then Jean-Claude Van Damme comes up and he's Ooh. like, can I say it? Go for it. He helps the kid up. And then the little Asian kid goes one day I'll fight in the Kumite and make my father proud. I don't know what accent you were doing right there. I don't, it was so bad as to not be offensive because it sounded nothing like what I wasn't trying to sound like him. I was trying to like say it in like the most stale way as possible. One day. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't great. Uh, and then it fast forwards and <laughs> to make Van Damme in the present day to make him look younger, like in his 20s, they like made his hair like all big and like, yeah, I don't know what they were going for with that. Um and he's like you still have to train me and then we get this backstory of tanaka where he's like you know my first family died in hiroshima in the blast and so i moved because the war and then i wanted to train my son for the kumite because i you know he had won it and he's like now my son's dead and like you're not a tanaka and then he's like please teach me and he, he decides to that's basically it i um yeah, the acting isn't great in the next part, but I love the training montage and like the the blind serving tea and the getting his legs pulled apart on the rack, like all of that. I love that. I mean, that was just to showcase Jean-Claude Van Damme's like most famous move, which is the split. Well, and if that wasn't to showcase it, he does it seven more times. <laughs> so I actually my favorite character in this entire thing is Jackson because he is such a hype man for Jean-Claude Van Damme, he's just like, you know, he's just like, whoa, that's great. Oh, my God. That's amazing. He was in uh, Grind. We did Grind. He was in Grind? Yeah, he's the dude who's guarding the van with the scars all over his face. Oh, my God. Yes. I brought that up when we did it. Yeah, um, my I favorite did. character is Janice, the reporter, for obvious reasons. So because she's smoking but also that storyline doesn't make it a bit of sense either <laughs> what, what newspaper is she working for <laughs> and then like... and then she goes she like she sleeps with him and then he's like i really can't help you with this and she's like i understand so then he goes to the kumite and then she's just there with like a date already and um and he's he's also like frank dukes's biggest fan but like I guess he doesn't know he's dating his lover, his girlfriend. It's not dating. I mean, he's just a hot woman's like, hey, take me to this. And he's like, maybe I'll get lucky after this. And she's like using her feminine charms. Now for the, it, it does make it seem like she kind of will hoe herself out for her job, which is well, not. Then, yeah, because immediately when, when he sees her there and he looks surprised and she sees that he looks surprised, he goes, she goes, um. It's not the first time I've gone undercover for a story. Yeah, but also the movie kind of implies that um, Jean-Claude Van Damme just gave her it so good that like she doesn't even care. You know what I mean? That she was just like, I got what I wanted out of this. Like the, you not getting me in doesn't matter. Like she wanted to fuck him basically is what I'm saying here. No, but I, <laughs> I think like her being like, 
okay, after they sleep together, he's like, I really can't help you with the Hokumite thing. And she goes, oh, yeah, it's fine. I understand. I don't think she was she was actually like satisfied about. I mean, she was satisfied, but I don't think she was sad. I don't think she was satisfied about not going into the Kumite. I think she already had the plan. To be someone's date to it, and that's she was like a it was she was lying to him, basically. No, I mean, I think she was like, if I can get in with him, that's great. But also I want to fuck him. Like, I think she got because, you know, after he saved her from Hussein, who was like going to sexually assault her. Yeah, that was that was not a great representation of anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever they were doing there. Not good. Um, yeah. So we're back to present day Hong Kong. And I actually had some logistical questions of, you know, we get to the hotel and uh, I guess before this, he had like told Tanaka, like, hey, I'm going to honor you. And we get to the hotel. Do you think the Kumite covers the expenses? Because they like put I them was all in that, too. They put them all up at the same hotel, like probably in like a block. And they're like code word Kumite to get just 20% off your room. <laughs> like, code word Kumite. Uh, yeah, I mean, the thing about what do, do you remember the little guy's name that like met up with him and Jackson in the lobby? Was his name Lynn? I think it's Lynn. But anyways, yeah. it's Lynn. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so. Lynn comes in and he's like, are you guys with the Kumite? And they're like, yeah. And then if you remember when, when the reporter lady was at the, um, uh, at the bar of the hotel, she asked those two guys, are you with the Kumite? And they're acting dumb. They're like, Kumite, Kumite. Like, what are you talking about lady? And then some other guy came up to them and they were like, Hey, this way to the Kumite. Right. Is they, so I guess they just have these like, um, escorts that find members at that hotel to like show them the way to the Kumite. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they, they said they gave, they assigned everyone handlers, right? So Lynn is the handler handler for like the USA people. Right. And he's actually, by the way, he's like my favorite character. Um, Oh, he's your favorite character. Yeah. Besides, obviously the reporter okay so his name is victor lynn which is why i was like why can i not fucking find him in the imdb and they call him by victor and he's like in the movie call me lynn so imdb get your shit together um we go to the walled city which is really cool and like the whole explanation from lynn of like this is an invisible border and you were walking into mainland china um apparently when uh Frank Dukes told the story like the first Kumite, the Kumite he competed in just happened in the, in the Bahamas. Um, but there's obviously a much cooler location. And then one of my favorite lines from this is the, the Asian guy who doesn't speak English with like the very big broad face. And he's like, okay, USA. <laughs> As he lets <laughs> him in the walled city. One of my favorite parts in the beginning of this is where he goes and he's like, Tanaka's my, my sensei. I know they don't say sensei, but just Shidoshi. Shidoshi. And there's like Tanaka's my Shidoshi. It's like, and they don't believe him because they're like, oh, Tanaka, I guess they were racially profiling him and they were like, you're not, you're, you don't look like a Tanaka that I've seen. Yeah, round eye. Come on. And he's like, well, let me prove it to you. He's like, well, the only way to prove it to to us is to do this Tanaka special move. So there's, there's this, the Denmark, the Denmark. Denmark. And so there's this like series of bricks and he asks Lynn to choose a brick and Lynn, not knowing what the Denmark is, just chooses the top brick. Mm-hmm. And then the, the, the guys in the background, like the refs or uh, the sign in guys the officials are like, no, no, choose a brick from the bottom. And so then he does the move, which is like, What's it called? I mean, I know it's called the Denmark, but it's like the death touch. And basically it's like it's like a one inch punch. But the way it is, it's you travel the energy through the top layer of bricks to like explode the one brick that you're focused on. 
so like the hard the harder it is like the the farther down the brick is is the harder it would be so of course they pick like a bottom brick and he does it and uh and this is where we get hype man jackson being like whoa totally cool man <laughs> did you see that I love when they said the guys say we'll honor your invitation and Jackson says no shit you honor his invitation (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that guy has the best lines in the movie there's this like this is like real asshole or something and he's like hey dick face (laughs) he says it to Forrest Whitaker oh yeah yeah he does call Forrest Whitaker a dick face by the way Forrest Whitaker is in this yeah, one of the reviews I read was like, even Forrest Whitaker can't save this movie. Um, I also then, Chong Lee rolls up with one of his four lines and says, brick not hit back, which is like a de- like a callback to Enter the Dragon when he says, board not hit back. Like, board doesn't mm. hit back. Bruce Lee says it. So, um, very cool, as always. Uh, but the Din Mac also seems to be like kind of along the same lines as like the death punch from, um, kill bill. Yeah. I mean, like, I all think they kind of have the same like starting point from like old, you know, Chinese movies, folklore or whatever. Um, and then we have the military police goes to inspector Chen. We've already seen them a couple times, but I didn't think it was that important, but, uh, like they're like hey we're looking for this guy and he's like i'll help if i can like hey this guy's fighting in the kumite and like i never really thought about why chin kind of like freezes up a little but it's because he's like that's like outside of my fucking jurisdiction guys like i can't fuck with the kumite um that part is hilarious to me because um force whitaker's doing his best it's kind of like you with chopsticks uh with his eel (laughs) oh uh (laughs) calling you out here but um He's like, man, this eel is so good. He's like, is your eel, is your eel as good as mine? Talking to his partner, and he's like, I wouldn't know because he's like eating all the eel. And then the officer comes up, and then Forrest Whitaker just trying to make conversation. He's like, Have you ever eaten here? And the officer is like, I would never <laughs> eat here. And it's funny because I don't know if you paid attention, but if you look at at the other extras in the background at this restaurant. First of all, it looks super authentic because it's like on a boat in the middle of the harbor. harbor. But if you look at the other um, patrons of this place, they're all white. They're all like there's not a single native uh, person at this restaurant. Did not. It it just look at that. It made me think of like it's just a tourist trap. Like, oh, let's sell them eel. I don't know. I think. I don't know. Maybe. The fuck? Now that I think back about it, maybe. I don't know. When I went to Japan, I ate eel. Um, I mean, eel's probably good, but that place is probably just like, just for tourists, you know? Well, it's like when you go, yeah, if you go to a major like tourist area and you have the guys standing outside the restaurants that are like, oh, come eat here, come eat here. It's like the, the good restaurants don't ask you to come in. You don't, you know. Um, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're back to, we're now to the Hussein is going to um, assault the reporter and Frank is like, hey, she's not worth it. She's not worth fighting over. She's like, what? (laughs) Uh, And then he does the coin trick, which I I love. Um, And she's like mad at him for like a game of chance, but he's like so confident. He's like, I got it. And he winks at her and she's like, oh, he winked at me. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's like completely smitten. Yeah. Um, And then the fact that like you don't know how he's going to do it and the guy's like, oh, no, I still have the coin. And then he opens the hand. And it's a different coin. It's pretty fucking good. Um, the biggest problem uh, I have with this movie is too many flashbacks. Because, of course, during this time, they flash back to him catching the fish. Um, yeah. And then there's a point in the movie. There's literally this point in the movie where. Jackson gets KO'd and he's like going to die. And they go to the hospital and the reporter lady is like, if you fight in the Kumite, the thing that we have going on with us, it's over and you can forget about it. And if you do this, you'll be dishonoring Jackson and me and yourself. And there's this moment where he's just out in the hallway contemplating on what he should do. And all the flashbacks that he's thinking of literally happened 
50 seconds before this scene. So it's like she just yelled at him. She's walking away. He's distraught sitting in the corridor thinking about her yelling at him and walking away. Yeah. I, I mean, so apparently Van Damme helped like edit this movie. Um, and maybe he was just like a big, a big flashback guy. This movie also like heavily uses montages, which I love. Like, especially I didn't mind the, the montages. I like the montage fights. Well, because this movie's a crisp ninety minutes, man. And oh, like man. you don't you don't have a a, a movie like this it. without montages. That that is that just perfect. You know. Um, Let's get to the fighting. Also, like earlier on, they used the term IFAA, and I was like, what the fuck is that even? And it's International Fighting Arts Association, which I almost just have to imagine does not exist. Um, but Lynn comes in to explain that there are three ways to lose, and it's full contact, and Chong Lee has killed a guy, but you can knock someone out. You can get them to say mate, like kum mate. Or you can throw him off the runway, which I feel like a lot more people should have lost that way. Just like accidentally, you just have a guy who's like, uh, 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 like flailing his arms, trying to stay on and he falls off and you're like, oh, you fucking lost. And he's like, ah, shit, I'm not even hurt. Um, and we get introduced like full time to Chong Lee. And like we've talked about villains a lot, uh, like of my childhood. This is like one of the major villains. So it's funny because he's not even like a real villain. Like he's he's the villain because he is the past winner. And there's this moment where Jackson completely kicks the ass of his fighter. And then he immediately gets up, points to Chung Lee and says something like, you're going to kill. I'm going to kill you, man. Kill you, man. Like fucking uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. And he calls him out. He just calls him out. And then you get the backstory. Like I'm sitting here thinking, why does Jackson have beef with this guy? And then very quickly after this happens, Lynn explains that that guy is the past winner. So I guess what Jackson was trying to do at that moment is knowing he's the past winner, knowing that that's the guy to beat. He was trying to intimidate him like right off the bat. Yeah. But I mean, so also. Cause Chung Lee didn't do anything wrong at that point. I mean, you just found out that he had killed the guy the year before. Yeah, but it's the Kumite man. I mean, th- in what this happens Kuma- at the Kumite stays at the Kumite. In this Kumite, well, we're we're still at the Kumite currently. At at this Kumite, only one person died, and it was also at the hands of Chung Lee. And he killed that guy after he had already beaten him. He fucking snaps the dude's neck as oh his- him, yeah. And that guy was a semifinalist. It wasn't like he was some punk. You know what I mean? <laughs> So you're saying if he was some punk, it would be okay. Kill a first rounder. Yeah. You know, don't <laughs> kill a semifinalist. Um, he kicked the, he kicked a dude in the throat and then just stood there and watched him die. So yeah, he's a bad guy. Okay. I mean, he's just playing by the rules. <sighs> and in the Kumite, there are no rules. Uh, I think there's a, I mean, there is the, the rule of if you fall off. Okay, there's one rule. One if you get knocked out. Okay, there's two two rules. There's there's a few. Um, There's at least three rules. So, I mean, we're just gonna speed through a lot of fights here, but uh, you know, what is it? Chung Lee chokes a guy out, kicks him off the platform. He's got a new world record. I love how quickly these like what look like obviously handwritten signs are like thrown up there for like new world record. And like how, I don't know, they got a printing press back there or what, like, but they're just, they're doing it very quickly. Yeah. Um, and then we get Frank and he is immediately fighting Hussein, which I just think is like beautiful script writing here. You know what I mean? And then Hussein tries to cheat because Frank knocks him out in like a ridiculous amount of time to the point where he's not even knocked out. He's just scared. And then as soon as Frank, goes to like claim victory. See, this is why there's no rules in Kumite. Hussein gets up and in Frank's third eye knowledge, he just fucking takes him down immediately. Kind of like a behind the back punch. Apparently one of the elbows that he threw at Hussein actually knocked him out and like it stayed in the film. I think the one where he like does it like that, like where he this is not a visual podcast, but he like throws an elbow at him and hits him. And I think it like actually connected. Um, 
he had already beaten him, right? Like the match was over because when Hussein gets up and tries to attack him, the ref tries to stop him and he throws him out of the way. And then Frank kicks the shit out of him and kicks him off. And then, uh, because I was thinking, because that was that was that broke Chong Lee's world record. And yeah. well, and Chong- Jackson stands up. Oh, so fast! New world record. Everyone needs a Jackson in their life. I'm just telling you that right now. That's true. That's true. Jackson think- was Jackson was initially like uh, what we were considering for our first boy's name, um, and we didn't. But now I don't know. Yeah, it's it- a missed opportunity. I also like the name Frank Dukes because it sounds totally made up until you realize there's an actual guy that this is based on named Frank Dukes. But the thing I was thinking of when I first heard the name and it was it's spelled D-U-X, which is not how I think it would have been spelled. It's I thought Belgium. it was spelled D-U-K-E-S, right? Mm-hmm. It's Belgium. It's not Belgium. Actually, the real Frank Dukes is Canadian-American from Toronto, which does not explain why he has the accent. Uh, is Toronto not the French part? No, it's Quebec or Montreal is the French part of Canada. I don't know. I don't know. I digress. The whole point I'm trying to make, though, is that when his name is being called out, there's this guy. I think it's Lynn. He's like, are you Jackson? Jackson's like, yeah. Are you Frank Dukes? He's like, yeah. He's like, oh, Dukes, like put up your Dukes. And I was like, that's exactly how I imagined. Didn't he say Frank Ducks at first, though? And he's like, it's Dukes. He's like, oh, Dukes, like, put up your Dukes. Okay, yeah, congratulations. You know the movie more than I do. It's a language barrier thing. I'm, I've seen this a few times. Yeah. Um, I love the little detail of the guy who cleans the mat seeing the tooth and going and sneakily stealing it and putting it, but, like, he steals Hussein's gold tooth and, like, chews on it in his mouth and is like, oh, that's real gold and, like, pretends to wipe up and, like, steals it. Um, just that's, it's the tiny details that make a movie great. Speaking of the tiny details, the one where they're facing the, the moment where they, where Jackson and Frank first meet on the bus and Jackson is hitting on that woman, which is clearly like a form of sexual harassment and they're just cool with it. Cause it's the eighties. It's, I mean, it's a different time, different land, you know, um, but not a great but, look. It's not a great look, but you think there's going to be some sort of animosity between these two characters because Frank is so quiet and Jackson is so loud. But then immediately when they meet back at the hotel, they like play a game of Street Fighter on like the um, The uh, arcade, the arcade game. Right. And then um, Frank Dukes beats him like two out of three. In the arcade game of fighting. And then they're like, oh, best friends. Best, best fucking friends. The ending of this movie chokes me up a little bit. I'm going to just warn you now. Um, It shouldn't. Anytime, any place, anywhere. Oh, my God. You need me, I'll be there. Also, any place and anywhere, kind of the same thing. (laughs) But, you know, whatever. He he had head trauma. (laughs) Jungly stomped his head. So, you know. Um. There's also like I don't know any other way to say this. So there's a lot of memorable fighters. There's a there's a black guy who fights. Um, is it? It's like a monkey style. Like he. Oh yeah yeah yeah. He's like a very small dude, and he's facing this like makes, huge. And he, well, no, that's later on. But he makes the noises of and the mannerisms of like a a monkey, um, and that's his fighting style. I don't think you can have that in a movie today. Um, and then there's yeah, just fucking huge. What I think Chinese Asian Chinese guy, like I don't I don't remember exactly where he's from. Um, he's Asian. I, I don't just think they mention it. Fucking ginormous, that dude. Uh, I love the fight between him and Frank. That we'll get. It's to. like it's like they wanted a sumo wrestler without actually just saying we want a sumo wrestler. I, I think one thing, and I, and I mentioned this earlier, is the biggest thing about this movie is the tournament. The way they rep- they represent all these different fighting techniques within this one movie i think is really great because you have like the ninjutsu ninjutsu is it no i'm thinking of naruto what am i thinking of are you trying to say jujitsu because i don't think that was involved in this um listen there's like 
taekwondo and there's some karate there's the monkey style no that we it talked is nin- about. it is ninjutsu ninjutsu not huh? jutsu jitsu so that's the that's the fighting style that the real frank dukes was actually a pro at was the ninjutsu and so that's represented in this movie by frank dukes Whatever fighting style, I mean, that Jackson has is some sort of martial arts because it's not it's not like well, it's not like boxing. No, it's just nothing. It's just like fucking it's just pure brawler. brute strength. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Like, first of all, he uses this like fucking just like hammer fist to knock out the one guy. The guy hit him and Chong Lee are similar in that it, when they get hit, they get angry. And that's when they're at their best. And so the one dude like makes him bleed. So he just fucking bam hammer fists him into the head and knocks him out um we we haven't we haven't even talked about the great kumite song during this fight montage that we're just talking about right now there's actually a lot of original songs in this movie that great ones pretty bangers yeah i mean the next scene is when the cops find him at the hotel and then he leads them on this fucking like you could have had like yakety sacks playing as they're well, chasing the, him around like the one thing i'll say the one thing that I'll say about the songs, and they're good songs, but they're so on the nose. So it's like when they're when they're fighting the Kumite, the song is like it's basically like Pokemon theme song. It's like I want to be the very best, the Kumite fighter. And then you have this like chant of like Kumite, 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 Kumite. And then when they're chasing him through the city, they have their like running through the city like being chased on fire <laughs> yeah yeah it's like running on some boats we knocked this guy over but we're still running on the boats what about um forrest whitaker's acting and falling in the water just oh no <laughs> how many times did they film it to get that as the take that they're like i guess we're stuck with this um yeah and then we get to the date night and um, it leads to the date morning and we get to see pretty nice butt. Van Dan's ass. Pretty nice ass. You know, I don't I don't think you can ask for much, much more than that. And then, as you said, she shows up at the Kumite the next day. John Claude Van Damme seems like the type of actor who's like, I'll be in your movie, but you have to show my ass. I mean, if I had that butt, I'm shutting yeah. it off. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. people, will you'll look at it. Uh, so we get another fight montage for day two. Uh, Chong Lee breaks one dude's bone out of his leg. And at this part, I was like, I know he kills a guy. When does he kill a guy? And I was like, uh, you know, we eventually find out it's in the semifinal, which is just bad form. Um, we then get Frank versus... I think this is like the first is this the first time we've seen this black guy who like doesn't speak and does like the fucking claws and like the throat slash and then Frank immediately like kicks him in the face and then kicks him off the thing. And I was like, that seemed like that took six seconds. Like, how is that not the new world record? Because that was so fast. Well, actually, I wanted to mention that, too, is like when he was fighting Hussein and it was the world record that he broke. Did they count the first part of that fight where technically he won? as the timed or did they count the whole thing where he gets back up and then he knocks him out again? I don't know. These are the good questions to ask. I uh, didn't time it. I think the fight was over. Um, you know, he, that fight is comical in that, like he looks over Hussein and is like threatens him and Hussein just pretends to pass out. Right. Um, which also kind of shows Hussein's a little bit of a bitch. Uh, I think we already knew that though. Um, giant asian guy he breaks the the black guy's back picks him up and just breaks i mean that guy's probably dead or severely injured like he might have died yeah also but what are you trying to get out of that fight like i know size doesn't necessarily mean (laughs) everything size doesn't matter the most but when you're trying to like all he was doing at that point was jumping on the guy right because, like, okay, I'll say this. The only thing I didn't like about Frank Dukes' fighting style is the fact that he just went up to that one guy and completely pulverized his nutsack. 
<laughs> I love, fucking love that part. He does the split. It just yeah. Uh, this movie, he has like the the best hayas, like the best screams, like as he's punching. Top notch. It's the like part. Well, we'll get to his real top notch at the very end, but uh, yeah, uh, yes. yeah, that one. It's but, it's so bad, but so good. Um, but what, get, and what I'm saying is that it's kind of a cheap shot. I know there are no rules in Comite for those, except for those three rules that we already talked about. But like nut shots, I mean, come on. But also, what I'm saying is that that little guy didn't take any nut shots. And I feel like if you're small enough to run under someone's legs without them catching you like two or three times, your fighting style should probably involve a couple nut shots. <laughs> yeah, maybe a kick into the nuts too. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a good chance he's never going to walk again. So he's, you know, advice that doesn't help him anymore. Um, we get the Jackson versus Chong Lee fight i love he's like his stomach is weak stay away from his right leg and jackson immediately gets kicked by the right leg like several times and then hits him several times knocks him down and celebrates way too fucking early just like even john claude van damme is like what are you doing go back like hit him keep hitting him he's not knocked out bro like what do you why do you think you won um and the stomp on the head is like hard to watch it doesn't show anything. It's, it's like, I know, but just you see it from from Frank's perspective and there's like the crowd in the way. Apparently that is shot the same way that like Bruce Lee wasn't Enter the dragon that that fight. So um, which is interesting. And then Frank goes to the hospital and we already talked about the reporter, you know, kind of giving him an ultimatum. And he's like, why did you become a reporter? And, and then the third the- song. And you want to be the best that you can be, right? Well, I'm just trying to be the best that I can be. He's like, you don't understand what it means to fight in the Kumite. And then you're like, the song kicks in. It's like, when you're down on your luck and your lady reporter left you in the dust, you fight for the Kumite. You're doing like commercial jingles is what you're doing. Like, You cannot lie. There are times that the songs sound a little jingle-ish. Have you met the 80s? It's like, it's what this was. Um, the scene where he's like, you know, so Lynn tells him, hey, you can be the first Westerner to ever win this. You don't have to care about Frank or, or you don't have to care about Jackson or her. This is about you. And so then he goes to think on the bus and he sees Chung Lee in the reflection and turns and like, oh, and it's not Chung Lee. No one's even there. And then he goes to do his stretches on a fucking temple like way above Hong Kong, because like that'll that'll really help. And then he's just like, "All right, my head has it's been clear. Cleared. I am ready to fight in the Kumite." Except the reporter has gone to the cops, and they're going to stop you. And he like knocks out another one cop, knocks out another. Then fucking uh, Forrest Whitaker. Garbage can lid. Yeah, but Forrest Whitaker's going to... I don't know. He grabs the garbage can lid, and the shock of that, Forrest Whitaker shoots the thing, the the like, and it pops out and then hits the two guards. And then Inspector Chen is going to pull a real fucking gun on him. <laughs> and the military police like, no, no, please don't do that. <laughs> what doesn't make sense? First of all, they pull out both of their tasers, and they go, how would you like to be shot with 50,000 volts? So let me ask you this, David. Is it that each taser gun is 25,000 volts or each gun is 50,000 volts? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's like 50 a piece, I would guess. It doesn't make any sense that he pulls out the garbage can lens lid. The taser things bounce off of them, hit the two guards, they go down. Then the chief inspector goes to check on his guys. And then that gives enough time for Frank to run away. But then the reporter lady comes up from behind the corner. And then they're like, well. Oh, no, because then they chase him, right? No, no, you don't remember this part at all. They they chase him. And then the lady reporter chases them. No, 
No? You just made this up. Okay. What, what happens, happens is the things hit the trash can lid and then knock out the two guys. Frank, in the in, while this is happening, grabs the other taser from the old white guy. And then the old white guy stops Inspector Chen from pulling out his gun. And then the old white guy, military police guy, is like, dude, what the fuck, man? You're, you're really going to do this? And he's like, I'll meet you at the airport, you know, tomorrow. And they're just like, fuck, I guess we're going to just let's go watch the Kumite now. Because, like, well, I, I wrote this down earlier. I didn't get to ask it. Like, I don't know how you get to go see the Kumite. Like, how do you get tickets? It seems like you it's kind of You buy exclusive. tickets. You buy tickets. Like, StubHub. At- at Ticketmaster slash dot com slash Kumite. Would you go to a Kumite if invited? Knowing that people die, like one person a year dies, you were going to watch a death probably. What country does this take place? <laughs> I'm sorry, that's a question. Which country does this take place in? Um... If it's any other country besides Thailand this year, this year's Thailand. A hundred percent. Oh, we answered that very quickly for weird reasons. So we're in the semifinals. I I would watch it. If you said any other country besides the United States, then I would go and watch it. Cause I, I, because I feel like free vacation, (laughs) free vacation. Now I feel like there's stricter rules. Like you could watch any, you could go to like a boxing match or an MMA match. Hell, you could go to a soccer match and someone could fucking die, right? So that's not like a huge factor for me. But I feel like if someone's gonna die in Thailand, then it will be quickly covered up and we can like move on to the next match. But if someone's gonna die in the U.S., I just feel like the whole thing's just gonna kind of come to a halt. You'll be a witness, right? I'll be, yeah, the, it's too the much. Triads are after you. Yeah. Uh, so we got semifinals: Frank is versus Paco. Uh, Frank falls for a very obvious trick. One of my favorite moments in this movie is them trading kicks, and the Frank like, "Come on!" and gives him like the head nod. "Come on!" like kick me, and then just like kicks him a bunch of times and knocks him out. It's so fucking good. Uh, and then Chong Lee kills a dude. Yeah. Yeah. And then Just tries to get tries to get the ref's neck. Tries to get the ref to raise his hand. The ref's like, "Fuck off, bro! <laughs> like I'm not raising your hand." Yeah, yeah, it's pretty rough. Pretty, pretty rough. As he's celebrating, and he's like, "Why are you guys so sad? I just, I just killed this guy." And then he goes over to Frank and says, "You are next." Um. Then it's the Frank and Chong Lee fight, which is a good one. And everyone's one. there. The reporter lady is watching. The cops are the military police are watching. Just imagine tickets for this one are mighty expensive, you know? Yes, but also like the venue is quite small. Yeah, it's probably like an invite only thing. I oh, we we skipped over the dude that like brought her as the date for the second day is like, you know, they're about oh, to say, they're about to say Frank is late and so he's like going to forfeit. And the guy's like Late, no late, and stuffs money in, and then Frank shows up and he just pulls it all back. <laughs> um, and then, and and um, the guy, I guess the guy is some sort of um, well, what am I looking for? Not sponsor, but um, bookie. Yeah, I guess he's a a patron of the arts. No, he's a bookie. Well, I mean, he's probably both. It's probably how he got into it, really into the fighting, and then was like, I can make, you know, some money off of this. Um, the final fight, maybe like one of the best in cinema history. Um, Chung Lee with his third line of the movie, you break my record, now I break you like I break your friend. Like, for the amount of lines he has, pretty fucking good. The way Chung Lee like, tries to get a rise out of Duke's um not only mentioning like i broke your friend's head but then wearing his bandana like on his leg as a constant reminder mhm like what's the point of that for chung lee like what what is he what does he get out of it he it's, it's not it's, but it's not like they're rivals he met him literally earlier this week yeah head games man like you're fighting to the death here Trying to get in this guy's head, throw him off his game so you don't get killed. Like he's seen how good Frank is. 
Well, Frank's speaking speaking of fighting to the death, Frank has a great chance of actually fighting to the death in this match. Yes. Uh, and then he holds back, and then that's where you get like he looks at the blood on his hands and he like lets out this scream, like this visceral, feral scream. That's because he's blind. You got powder thrown in his eyes. Yeah, but but I'm talking well, there's that. But I'm talking about the scream he does right before he just fucking takes Chung Li out. Yeah. He's like he knows he can kill him, and then he just doesn't. Say it! Say it! Say it! Matei! One of my favorite, And that was his fourth line, Matei. I think he says four things this entire movie. Um, yeah, his acting, when the powder gets thrown in his eyes and he just sits there just staring at his hands like... <sighs> I'm surprised. Did they flash back to when he was having tea with his sensei? And he there's, definitely, his... there's definitely a flashback, yeah. yeah there's yeah. definitely a flashback. It's like, I don't need my eyes to see. For sure. Uh, And some good spinning back kicks. Um, This is for you, Shidoshi. And then uh, they go to the hospital. And he's like, oh, did you kick his ass? And the reporter's like, even better. He made him say mate. And then I am not ashamed that when he gives him that anytime, anyplace, anywhere line that I I got a little choked up. And he hands him back his bandana and he's like, try not to lose any of your clothes next time. Yeah, it's good shit. Some bromance going on there. And then for some some reason, there's obviously the joke about like the police think he doesn't show up and then he's on the plane. But then for some reason, the reporter that he's banged over these few days comes just to bow at him (laughs) like as he gets on the plane. Well, I thought they were trying to like represent the fact that maybe she's going to go with him. To, to wherever they're stationed in the military? I don't know. She's going to go with him, and then she bows, and then he bows, and there's that 80s freeze, freeze frame. End of film. And then there's a bunch of statistics that come up about like how this is based on a true story. There's the real-life Frank Dukes, and he has all these records that he broke over the years, which, by the way, all fake. Uh yeah, I mean most likely. Uh, the, I, so one of the one of the things in there said that he had fifty six knockouts in a row in a single tournament, and uh, apparently he was also on the record as saying that the Kumite was sixty rounds. And you're not a big sports guy, so I can do math. But like each round is you know, you're eliminating half of the competitors, right? So right. if you work if you work backwards in the final there's two and then four and then eight and then sixteen and then uh thirty two, sixty four, one twenty eight, twenty eight, two fifty six, yes, five twelve. My point is that if you did sixty rounds and this was a single elimination tournament, which someone points out that, you know, it's probably has to be single elimination because people die. Um that 60 rounds would be more people than there are on the earth. So <laughs> I don't know why the, the, the producers of this movie didn't consider that when he said it. Um, um, why he didn't consider that. Um, the, the, the way you nonchalantly just mentioned that, that it's more people on this goddamn earth. But remember, the Kumite is a real private event, okay? Yeah. I, so here's the thing, like I choose to live in a world where I just believe that this movie is real. Um, it's real to me, damn it. And so it doesn't matter. Like this doesn't matter to me because it's it's a perfect movie. Um, it's not perfect, but it's fucking great. And I I think like the movie kind of knows some of it limit its limitations, right? Like that you have to have the backstory. So you have to have some of the horrible acting in the beginning. But after that, it's just like montage fight, montage fight, John Claude Van Damme's ass do dying on the, you know, on the mat. And then the final fight, like the movie knew what it needed to do and it delivered. Um, and it's also like a perfect example to me too, of like, I grew up with this movie. So 
that's why part of the reason I love it so much more than you do. Whereas like if you had grown up with it, you might feel like more fondly to it. Whereas, whereas like when you watch something like this with, as an adult, like all the bad acting, all the like the faults really like you really see them. Um, but to me, to me, this this movie has no faults. I think the fact that you can I know you say it has no faults, but you've also pointed out a bunch of faults. And I think the fact that you can recognize those, but also enjoy the movie. I mean, I'm the opposite. I know that this movie has a lot of problems with it. But I can also recognize that it is an enjoyable movie. Um, Certain aspects of it more enjoyable than others. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. This is Alon. And I finally watched Bloodsport. Bloodsport.